What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruning, here on Friday, November 30th, getting ready to get into December and continue Week 13 this Sunday. For today's podcast, uh, not much going on here. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say not much going on. Obviously, a huge news story has been going down all afternoon and tonight, uh, and I will get into that in just a minute, what that means for fantasy, the Chiefs, and their future. After that, we will get into what happened on Thursday Night Football, as I predicted correctly with the Cowboys' win over the Saints last night, 13, I'm sorry, yeah, 13 to 10. And last but not least, we will go ahead and preview all of the Sunday slate. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. All right, so obviously the big news of the day is the Kareem Hunt story. So it obviously started all the way back in February when a story came out that Kareem Hunt had a uh, physically uh, assaulted a woman at a hotel in Cleveland where he is from. <clears throat> and uh, there wasn't, it, from my recollection, I don't obviously remember exactly what happened in February, but I do remember all the talk coming out. There was a lot of talk that he might be suspended or this and that. The NFL looked into it and nothing came of it because, as it is being reported right now at least, that the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs did not know of the video that was then released earlier today. Um, the reason... All that happened back then was they were going on what Kareem Hunt said, what the police had reported, and everything like that. I don't remember there being any talk about a video at the time. So part of me does believe the NFL and Kansas City Chiefs, as they put out a statement today saying they had not seen the video until it was released earlier today. Oh, sorry about that. Um, So the video was released, uh, and it is not not pretty. Um, You know, a lot of people have been saying that it's not as bad as Ray Rice. Let me just put it to you this way, guys. If you're saying that, you need you need to look at yourself in the mirror. It doesn't matter what happened. There is no, at least in my opinion, no varying levels of worse or wrong when it comes to hitting or beating a woman. Um, I, I've said this multiple times on Twitter, um, and I stand very strongly behind it. Uh, there's nothing worse and more cowardly, in my opinion, than beating a woman or beating a child. Um, especially someone like him, you're a full-grown man. I mean, if I'm sure if I were to stand up to Kareem Hunt, I would look like a child. You know, I'm not a very big person in general. You're a football player, um, and in the video, he he pushes her, she swings at him, he pushes again, uh, and then he is, for the most part, carried away by multiple people into the room. Um, and had that been the end of it, I don't think things would have transpired the way that they have today. Uh, but instead, he decided to come out and make things worse. I, I really don't like talking about what happened. Uh, if you guys want, you can find the video. It's all over the place at this point. Um, so if you want to look at it, again, look at it. But please don't at me with that crap about it. it's not as bad as Ray Rice. Because yes, it is. It is. It doesn't matter that he may not have knocked some woman out cold. He put his hands on her. He kicks her. That That's uncalled for. It's ridiculous. It's pathetic. You know, I don't care in all honesty about his apology and he regrets his actions. Of course you regret your actions now because you got caught. And the video came out because I never heard you say anything about that back in February. So what happened after the video got released, um, he was not very, I wouldn't say quickly. A couple hours later, he was put on the commissioner's exemplist. And then as of about 20 minutes ago, he has now been released by the Kansas City Chiefs. He is a free agent to speak of. Uh, so you guys need to get your Spencer Ware shares now. If you guys can. It might be too late. I know a lot of people including myself were grabbing Spencer Ware. When the video first got put out on Twitter. And uh, all these other various outlets. And a lot of people were talking about it. For Hunt. or well, Let's go to Kansas City side first. They, uh, I applaud them for what they did here. Uh, in releasing 
Kareem Hunt. Uh, again, they knew about the situation beforehand, but according to them, they did not know there was a video. Uh, and Kareem Hunt lied to them. When they found out about the incident, they went to Kareem Hunt, talked to him about it, got his side of the story, and I guess he did not was not forthcoming with them, did not tell them what really happened, so they believed him and I guess whatever story that he told happened and did not feel that it was that bad or that egregious, so they did not worry about it. Obviously, the video came out, and in, in fairness to them, they have literally released him in a matter of hours of the, the video coming out uh, and saying that he lied to them. He did not tell them the truth about what really happened. So, again, I applaud them for that. I mean, you have guys like Reuben Foster, Greg Hardy, who have done the same things and got employment through the NFL after the fact. So, chances are... And or been held on to teams. So real before I touch on Kareem Hunt, again, I applaud the Kansas City Chiefs for doing that. Some people are going to bring up the maybe double standard in them ha- and still employing Tyreek Hill, who punched his pregnant girlfriend while in college. Uh, you know, that is what it is. He technically did not lie to them. He did plead guilty with it with the police uh, when it happened. So maybe that is why they felt keeping him. Uh, he said he's changed his ways. I, I it is what it is at that point. I, I can't really, I have nothing else to say on that, uh, but I do applaud them for cutting Kareem Hunt at least. For Kareem Hunt, I don't think this is the end of his story. I have seen a lot of people talking about that on Twitter, that this is the end of him because it was the end of Ray Rice. We also have to remember, again, Reuben Foster, Greg Hardy, uh, did things that just as bad as, as what he did, and uh, yet they both got employed by other teams. I don't expect Kareem Hunt to sign with anybody this year. Um, I don't think any team is willing to take that kind of PR nightmare it would take to do that. Uh, But I do believe that someone will sign him in the offseason next year and give the same, you know, uh, dog and pony show about how they're going to send him to these classes and help him become a better person first before he wears this uniform like the Redskins did with Reuben Foster. What this situation has also created, in my opinion, is something very interesting at the running back position. So obviously the rest of this year, you're likely going to get a mixture of Spencer Ware and uh, Damian Williams. Again, pick those guys up, uh, see what they do. I I really wouldn't trust either one of them, though Spencer Ware did show us that he can be a viable running back uh, when given the opportunity, but... What's interesting to me is there is a, uh, actually there are technically two free agent running backs this year, and the Kansas City Chiefs have a lot of cap room going into this next year, and Le'Veon Bell and Tevin Coleman. I do think now one of those two is going to end up in Kansas City. Obviously, the more explosive and exciting guy is Le'Veon Bell. We'll see if that actually happens. I don't know if he does. I have a, my God, and the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But Tevin Coleman, I think, would be a decent fit there as well. But definitely something to watch now. Uh, one of the most high-powered offenses in the league now not having a, a running back there anymore. That'll be all that I've got to say on the whole Kareem Hunt situation. So let's go ahead and break down what happened last night. Post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. So I have to start off by saying, with the game last night between the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints, the Cowboys came out victorious, thirteen to ten, and that might have been some of my best predictions all season long. Just think about it. I said I didn't think that the Saints would be able to put up 30 points. I didn't think they I thought they'd put up more than 10, I'll be honest with you guys on that. Talked about how good the Cowboys defense has been. Apparently, it's been 28 games straight without allowing more than 30 points, which is ridiculous, guys. Again, talked about it all season long. I don't think a lot of people are talking about how good this defense has really been. And I also said that I thought they would get an interception late to seal the game. And how about that crap, man? I was I couldn't believe it. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I feel like crap the past couple days. Uh, so I went to bed before the game even ended last night. And to wake up this morning and hear that uh, there was an interception to, to pretty much put that game on ice was just uh, it was just music to my ears. I loved it. But for fantasy players. So obviously, Zeke was the only one to really come through for you when it came to fantasy had himself yet again a great day getting you 22 points in fantasy had the receiving touchdown on the screen pass 
Uh, just had an awesome game here. Dak Prescott gets you 16 points in fantasy, um, which is really, in my opinion, kind of surprising with the, as bad of a game as, it, at least in my opinion, he had. Put multiple fumbles on the ground. I don't think uh, his numbers reflect quite as well as he. It shows here with 248 and the one touchdown. Zeke had 76 yards on the ground, which I thought he'd get 80, so I was four short there. Uh, Amari Cooper, again, looks good for the Cowboys. Just 10 points in fantasy, but 75 yards on 8 catches. Again, that's a, he's really, in my opinion, kind of revitalized his career since coming over from Oakland in the trade earlier this year. And then Michael Gallup, uh, uh, what really loved this rookie coming out of college. I thought he had a chance to be one of the most impactful wide receivers this year, just based on the situation he was going into and going to Dallas and them not really having a, a real wide receiver one at the time, uh, and I really thought he'd be able to produce here. My biggest fear was Dak would not be able to get him the ball deep, uh, but they did a good job hooking up in this game, 76 yards on five catches, getting him 10 points in fantasy as well. Of course, the big disappointments here were the New Orleans Saints. The only guy that had a semblance of a good game here was Alvin Kamara. And he did most of that in the receiving game. And and you couldn't even really say it was that great. Uh, almost identical numbers, to be honest with you. 36 yards on 8 catches in the receiving game. 36 yards on 11 carries in the running game. Get you 11 points in fantasy. Again, that's, you know, for a guy who consistently produces close to 20 every week, you think that's a bad week. That's still a productive week. Going to finish is probably a low-end RB2. Uh, obviously, you're not going to... You're not going to get the 20 points from every week, but uh, still, he came through better for you than anybody else on this team. As the only other guys you were likely starting were Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Drew Brees just eight points in fantasy, 127 yards in the air with one touchdown, one interception, and of course, Michael Thomas just getting held in check here against this defense, 40 yards on five catches, getting you just six points in fantasy. Now, for me, I think this says more about the Dallas Cowboys than it does the New Orleans Saints. Dallas, I think, as much as I hate to admit this, as many of you know that I live in uh, in Cowboys country here in Texas, um, I think that this really gives, it, it shows that they're a legit contender to at least make the playoffs. I'm not sure I would put them in the Super Bowl contender just yet, uh, but they obviously have the one of the best running backs in the game and a top-tier defense. Not an elite defense, but a top-tier tier defense with the chance of being elite. I will give them that. I think there's still probably one more good cornerback or safety away from being elite. Love Byron Jones and Chidobi Awuzi. Um, I talked about them on the podcast yesterday. I think Byron Jones is an elite cornerback, very underrated. Uh, was really good safety, and I've got to give the Cowboys credit on that. Moving him to cornerback was probably one of the best decisions they've made because this dude has just balled out at quarterback or cornerback, and you saw that last night. I still think, though, they need to add somebody else in that secondary to really make this uh, defense elite. They're going to have to keep, obviously, Demarcus Lawrence in the offseason. Uh, I believe he was franchise-tagged earlier this year. Uh, so they'll have to keep him to keep that pass rush and everything. But, um, yeah, just this defense is looking really, really good. The Saints, it's going to happen. They're going to have bad games here and there. Um, they've still, in my opinion, look like one of the best teams in the NFC, if not the best team right there with the Rams. Uh, but this loss does kind of give the Rams the inside track now to get that one seed, which will be huge because I think that whoever gets the game at home, if it does end up being a New Orleans or Los Angeles Rams uh, NFC Championship game, I do think that the home team is going to have the edge. And right now, that that's going to be the Los Angeles Rams. We eating all day, bro. <laughs> So let's start previewing the Sunday slate. The first game up, we have the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. 
The new, I'm sorry, Chicago is a 53% uh, chance to win this game, and they're being given 3.5 points. For the Bears, Mitch Trubisky is out yet again. We got Chase Daniels going. Uh, we saw what Daniels did, obviously, last week on Thursday, uh, the Thanksgiving game. Didn't look uh, horrible, but didn't look great. I uh, wouldn't trust Daniels in this game. Uh, I think Howard is pretty much done. At this point, I think you've got to see Jordan Howard prove it again before you can put him in your lineups. He has just been a complete disappointment this year. He's not looked at all like the guy we saw the first two years of his career. Uh, do like Taylor Gabriel in this game as well as Trey Burton and Allen Robinson. Uh, obviously, I like Tariq Cohen as well. I think those are really the only three guys you could start, or four guys, I'm sorry, that you could start for the Chicago Bears and hope anything for this New York Giants defense. Uh, has been um, both horrible, really, in the pass and the run right around the uh, 20 to 25 rank in both of them. So I expect Tariq Cohen, and I would say more Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton to have bigger games than Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson, I, I mean, he's one of those guys you kind of have to start because chances are you took him very high in your draft. You don't really have many other players to play over him. Uh, and again, he's one of those guys where he's just one big play away from making your fantasy day. Those are the only guys, for me at least, on Chicago's side that I think is worth starting. For the New York Giants, this game is going to be a tough one, I think. Uh... I honestly don't think you can start anybody but Odell and Saquon Barkley. So, Chicago Bears defense, obviously, uh, against the pass is right around uh, 10 in the NFL against the pass. So, obviously, in my opinion, that's an elite defense. Uh, 30 teams in the NFL, you've got an elite defense. My God, I said 30 teams. 32 teams, and you're ranked in the top 10. To me, that give that makes you an elite defense. I would even almost say up to probably top 12 would make you an elite defense. But again, they're, they're ranked 10th against the pass, so they're an elite defense. But Odell, it's Odell Beckham Jr. I just, you can't sit him. If you sit him... You have to have, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, you know, um, well, Michael Thomas already played, so I wouldn't say Michael Thomas. De Devontae Adams, you have to have a mixture of those guys to be able to start someone over Odell. It's Odell. He's he's, he's in your lineup this week. You're just going to have to take what you get from him. He's likely going to put up some points. Again, he's already over 1,000 yards receiving. Not a lot of people know that. He's actually having quietly a very good year. Again, just sad to see such a great talent, in my opinion, kind of going to waste with the declining Eli Manning. Saquon is a different story for me here. Again, he's much like Odell in the fact that I think you have to start him based purely on talent. But Chicago is number two against the run so far this year. They are going to come after Manning and Barkley. I do think that Barkley will do a lot better in the receiving game here. That is kind of where a lot of his points have been coming from. He's only averaging about 90 yards a game, which is still great, don't get me wrong, or at least rushing. Uh, but he's really put up a lot of points in the receiving game. That is where he has excelled this year, and I expect him to continue to do that here. While the Bears linebackers are ridiculous, Saquon is a physical specimen in his own right. Uh, again, I expect him to get multiple dump-offs, and he will definitely be able to put up points for you in the receiving game, but that is it for me on the Giants side here, um, and I have uh, I have the Chicago Bears winning this game. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which should be a fantasy football frenzy here. The It's 49.8 to 49.8% here tie for who wins this game, which is surprising to me. Just shows how much Carolina has kind of fallen off the past couple weeks. Uh, and Carolina is being given three points. For the Panthers, I think you can easily, for me at least, this is easily, you're starting almost all your studs here. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense has been giving it up on the ground, in the air. We've talked about it all year long. They've just been horrible against the pass and the run, right at the bottom against the pass and right around the 20s against the run. So I think Cam Newton, easy play for me. Christian McCaffrey, same thing. And DJ Moore, Greg Olson for the Panthers. That That's it. Uh, for me, I don't trust Devin Funches, although if he was going to have a good game, this would probably be it. 
But in, in my opinion, I would still kind of avoid him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the guy who don't expect another 40 game, 40 point game out of him, though I would love it being someone who owns him in a couple leagues. Uh, but I expect him to have a huge game here as he'll be able to put up points in the rushing game and the receiving game. Uh, and again, DJ Moore is someone I really like. And Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is someone who I think uh, could be a high upside flex play. Though I think you really, in, in all honesty, need to be a little bit desperate to play him. You're going to need someone that you hope blows up. Uh, so desperation play for me. For Tampa Bay, so obviously we know, at least at the moment, that Jameis Winston is starting again. He could be pulled at any minute. It's kind of the um, uh, the worry. I don't want to say worried, but... Uh, the, the, that is what really drives me crazy about the Tampa Bay quarterback position uh, is that they could jerk these guys in and out of the lineup the rest of the year. We just really have no idea. Dirk Cutter is coaching to save his job, and so he's going to play whichever quarterback is not sucking at the moment, and we're just not going to know who it's going to be. So I personally would not start Jameis Winston, though I do think he could have a good game here. So again, Carolina's defense has really kind of fallen off here, at least against the pass. They're an elite defense against the run. That defensive front and the linebackers are ridiculous. One of the best front seven in the league. Uh, but their secondary has really struggled here in the second half. They started out really good against the pass and then have just fallen off a cliff right around the 20. So I expect... If Jameis Winston plays the whole game, Winston to have a good game. Like Cameron Brait in this game as he is uh, Winston's favorite red zone target and they will likely be in the red zone quite often. Uh, so Cameron Brait, a nice upside tight end play for me this week. And then at wide receiver, uh, we found out earlier today that Deshaun Jackson will not play. Uh, so for me, I think it's Adam Humphreys and Mike Evans. I think both could have big games here for Tampa. And uh, for me, I have the Panthers winning the game. Next up, oh man, the game I cannot wait to watch this weekend. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. The Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans will square up this week with a lot on the line for the Cleveland Browns. You just heard Greg uh, Williams there just trying to fire the Cleveland Browns up as they have a huge game this weekend again with the Houston Texans. Uh, again, just as a Browns fan myself, a uh, 7% chance to make it to the playoffs, but if they win out, they really do have a chance. Uh, and I do like Cleveland's chances to win this game. Uh, so the Texans are being given the 79% chance to win the game, and they are being given 5.5 points for Cleveland. This is uh, by far the best defensive line that they've played so far, uh, but I still think you've got to start Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. Baker doing a great job of extending plays. He's hitting the open receivers, uh, just playing lights out. He's been a top 12 option to top 15 option every week since being in the NFL, except for I think the first week where he played half a quarter and played against the New York Jets. So Baker Mayfield still an easy play for me. Nick Chubb, I have him ranked at 12 this week. I think he's going to have a huge game here because I do think that the Browns are going to be able to, and this is surprising I know for, for me to say, move up and down the field. They're going to get in the red zone. They're going to rely on Chubb when they get there. I don't necessarily think he puts up a lot of rushing yards, uh, but he's being used so much in both phases of the game, not just the rushing but also receiving, where that was usually going to Duke Johnson, uh, that Chubb's value is just he, he's a, a full-on three-down back now for the Browns. Uh, so you've got to start Chubb. I don't think you can start any of the wide receivers, though. Jarvis Landry has just not been getting the volume, which is where his uh, fantasy value has really come through or come from in the past. Uh, but Baker is not forcing him the ball. Baker is throwing to the open player, and that is not often Jarvis. I do think Antonio Callaway could be uh, a, an interesting flex play this week. He has a lot of upside. Uh, he is a, a very explosive weapon for the Browns uh, and can make your fantasy day in one play, as they say, uh, taking uh, the ball to the house and scoring a long touchdown. Had a decent game last week, um, and I think David Njoku is a must-start as well. Had uh, by far one of the most interesting touchdowns I've ever seen last week in jumping in the air and being carried slash pushed into the end zone. Uh, but with as weak as the tight end position is, he he's an elite tight end at the position for me. Um, and again, just back to the wide receivers, I just 
Uh, yeah, I think Jarvis Landry, you just can't. I really want to. Uh, I just, uh, you can't do it. He has not shown you anything lately uh, to show to you that he can do it. For the Texans, Deshaun Watson, easy play for me. Uh, don't think he has a huge game here, uh, but I do expect him to get you right around 18 to 20 points. Is kind of where I expect Baker to get you to. Uh, so definitely a decent day. He's definitely worthy of playing. He's not someone you should just sit. Uh, Cleveland at times has been very beatable, but that's more against the run than the pass, which is why I think Lamar Miller is a worthy play again this week. think he is a, a high RB2 upside here. Don't expect him to go off for 162 yards like he did on Monday night. Uh, is a short game. It's a short week for the Texans, even though they were at home. Uh, coming off the Monday night game. I don't, I don't expect that to affect him that much here, uh, but I don't expect Lamar Miller to go off partly because of that and, and him being aging a little bit here. For the wide receivers, I think it's all kind of DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas. Again, Kiki Kuti is questionable. I don't think he is going to play, uh, and I do think that DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas can both put up points here. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward uh, is, in my opinion, an elite shutdown corner, um, but he can't be on both of them, and I don't. They don't travel him as much, so he'll be on DeAndre at times, and he'll be on Demarius Thomas. Uh, obviously, I think Demarius has a little bit more uh, touchdown upside at the moment, as it seems like Watson and Bill O'Brien are trying to get him. Uh, a little bit more volume in the red zone, so they might go to him more often. And again, DeAndre Hopkins, he's he's an elite talent. I have him up at three this week. I expect him uh, to just just go off here and have himself a fantasy day. And I have the Cleveland Browns winning this game. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I cannot wait. Let's get to five, six, and one and continue our run to the playoffs in 2018. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens and the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta being given the 60% chance to win the game, and they're being given 1.5 points. For the Ravens, Joe Flacco is sitting again. Lamar Jackson is in. Lamar, I think, is a start if you've got him. I do think that he's going to be able to get you probably around 20 points this week. And again, a lot of that coming from the rushing. I don't expect him to do a lot in the passing game. He has struggled in that. Uh, And Deion Jones possibly coming back for Atlanta I do think hurts Lamar Jackson's value just a little bit as I don't think he's going to be able to run quite as much if Deion Jones is out there. Don't know if you can trust Gus the Bus this week. Atlanta has been getting just torn up against the run. Uh, he did have a great game last week with over 100 yards, obviously with a major fantasy day with a touchdown. Um, but I just, again, Deion Jones coming back I think could really affect the way that this defense plays. Again, it's not for sure that he comes back in this game, so if he's out, I think I think Gus is, is still a, a worthy play anyway, so he'll be an RB2, but I think he's got a lot more upside if Deion Jones sits in this game. And as for the wide receivers, you can't start either one of them, in my opinion. Uh, until Lamar Jackson proves that he can throw the ball better than a middle school quarterback, uh, I just I can't trust him. And I, I say that jokingly, obviously. I know Lamar Jackson is better than a middle school quarterback, uh, but he has struggled throwing the ball a little bit here in the NFL Uh, And I expect that to honestly kind of continue here uh, the rest of this year, which is why I do expect Joe Flacco is going to come back at some point for this team. Uh, So I think until that happens, you cannot start Crabtree or John Brown. For the Falcons, I think you have to start Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, for me, are the must-starts. Baltimore, obviously an elite defense against both the pass and the run, uh, but Julio is going to get his. I don't think... Calvin Ridley or Muhammad Sanu have particularly good games here, and I would not trust Tevin Coleman, but I would imagine out of necessity you're going to have to start him, but don't expect a huge game out of him in this one. And I have the Falcons winning this game. Next up, we have the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, given the 57% chance to win this game, and are 3.5 favorites for Buffalo. Don't think you can start anybody. I was really trying to think of somebody there, but I don't think there's any real must-starts there. Uh, Shady McCoy just hasn't looked good this year. Just 426 yards on the ground. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, I think, has upside, especially with his rushing and everything, but I think you've got to be pretty desperate at quarterback at this point. To play Josh Allen, so for me, I just 
that's really it, guys. I mean, there's no analysis I can give you guys on the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, if you're desperate, I mean, if you have to start Shady McCoy, best of luck to you. You know, I, I would not trust Zay Jones or Kelvin Benjamin or or Reuben Foster, really, or sorry, Robert Foster, to have a huge game again here this week. So I don't trust any of those guys. And really for Miami, I'm not really trusting any of these guys either. Ryan Tannehill came back last week. Uh, you know, didn't look horrible, but didn't look great. Uh, Frank Gore has looked good, but I get... I mean, if you've got Kenyon Drake or Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake is dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, I could see either one of those, possibly both of them being RB2s, but again, the Bills' defense has been really good this year. Uh, I actually really liked Danny Amendola in this game, but he is doubtful. I don't think he plays. Kenyon Drake... He's got the upside, so I wouldn't mind putting him in a flex spot. But other than him, there's nobody else on this team I want either. Unfortunately for me, this game is really kind of dead for fantasy. And I picked the Bills to win this game just because I think Josh Allen is going to do just enough to help them win. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos and the Cincinnati Bengals. Denver being given the 52% chance to win this game, and they are 5.5 favorites. For Denver, I don't think you can play Case Keenum. But I like Emmanuel Sanders here, uh, and I do think Cortland Sutton finally has that huge breakout game coming here. Uh, Cincinnati has struggled against the pass and the run, more against the run. We'll get to my guy here in just a minute. Uh, But Cortland Sutton, I think, has a really good matchup this week. I think he's going to go off about 14 to 16 points uh, and finally kind of give us that breakout game we've been waiting for since DT left. Philip Lindsay is a must-start this week for me. Uh, Cincinnati has been getting gashed against the run, and Philip Lindsay is uh, just an awesome running back so far this year. 780 yards on the ground, six touchdowns. He was leading all rookies in rushing yards up until two weeks ago when Saquon really kind of tore up the past two weeks. Uh, I, I love Lindsay. He's an easy play for me. And I actually think you might be able to start Royce Freeman in this game as well. As I think he could put up some points as well against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. For the Bengals, Dalton out, Driscoll in. I don't think you can start any of these guys. Don't like Joe Mixon in this game. Uh, last time he played the Denver Broncos, he had, I think it was like 26 carries. And he got you like, I don't even, I don't remember. He was getting like 2.2 yards a carry. He did nothing against this team. Denver surprisingly went from one of the worst teams against the run. They were that kind of get well defense for your running back to now an elite defense against the run. Obviously, their past defense has always been good. Uh, so I just, I don't trust Joe Mixon in this game. And I really don't trust Tyler Boyd or A.J. Green. Jeff Driscoll. While a serviceable backup quarterback in college, and we saw it last week against Cleveland as well, uh, if he kind of sees like his first and second read are away from him, he takes off and runs with the ball. And I expect him to do that a lot here in Denver, which is then going to limit the upside for Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. A.J. Green is going to play. He was taken off of the injury report. He said earlier this week he was going to play. All signs are pointing toward him playing, especially, again, coming off the injury report. I just don't think you can trust either one of them with Driscoll at quarterback. And uh, for me, I have the uh, the Broncos winning this game. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions. The Rams, 75% chance to win this game, and they're being given 10 points. For the Rams, I think it's start your guys, you know, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Uh, and Josh Reynolds. I think Brandon Cooks has the worst day out of all of them, so I could understand sitting him as likely he's going up against Darius Slay more often than not. Darius Slay still an elite cornerback, which is why I have Robert Woods up in my top 10 this week. I think Bobbert goes off. Going to have a huge day for the Rams, and I also like Josh Reynolds uh, to finish right up there, the low end of the wide receiver two, wide receiver three group this week. For the Lions, I, 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 I don't even know, guys. I, I, for me, carry-on is likely out yet again. I, I don't expect LeGarrette Blunt to have quite the game that he had on Thanksgiving night with the multiple touchdowns against his Rams front. Uh, I think Theo Riddick is the play at running back. I expect the, the Lions to go down early and uh, kind of be down big, so I expect him to be passing the ball a lot, giving Theo Riddick a lot of the volume, not just rushing the ball but receiving the ball. 
And really at wide receiver, it's just Kenny Galladay. And I love Kenny G. He's a talented wide receiver. I think he could be like the next Calvin Johnson for the Lions. What worries me going into this game, I have him ranked high because I do think he has a very good matchup. But he is their only option. And I do think that the Rams are going to focus on trying to stop him. So I could see him coming up short. I don't think it'll happen, but I I could see a situation or a way that it happens. But I do have Kenny Galladay up in my top 14 this week. I do think he finishes as a WR, a WR2 this week, a wide receiver 2 uh, against the Rams. Uh, and I just I can't trust Matt Stafford. He has just not looked good at all this year. Um, so if you want to play him, by all means, it's your fantasy team. Have fun with that. Uh, but I personally can't. I, I don't think he is going to do much of anything this week, and I've got the Rams winning that game. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Indy being given the 57% chance to win this game, and they are four-point favorites. For the Colts side here, Andrew Luck, easy play for me. He's had four straight games with four touchdown passes. Again, talked about it on Monday's podcast. He's back. Loving seeing luck like this again. Everybody, I think, has kind of, or most people have forgotten, it seems like, how good he was before he got hurt. He looks back. Marlon Mack still technically in concussion protocol right now, but is expected to play. He was out on the field today, this being Friday. Uh, Did look good. There's all the talk about him clearing the concussion protocol. Of course, the big thing is to watch Saturday and Sunday. Uh, You know, whoever you watch or pay attention to, just make sure you watch because uh, if he has any kind of setback tomorrow after the practices and everything, he will not be cleared. He still has to pass the last test. Uh, and if he does that, he'll be out there. I think he's a, a decent play. I don't think he's going to be great, but I do think he has a chance to be an RB2. Uh, and then T.Y. Hilton, I expect to have a big game here. So obviously last time these guys played, T.Y. looked almost more as kind of a decoy. Eric Ebron had the three touchdowns. I don't expect Ebron to put up three touchdowns here, uh, but when they get down in the red zone, they're going to look for Ebron. I've got him in my top five at tight end to have a big game here, and I do think T.Y. Hilton does as well. As uh, They'll m- move him around and get him in the slot some to avoid Jalen Ramsey, and Ramsey's the only guy that worries me on this defense. For the Jaguars, we saw Blake Bortles got benched earlier this week. Cody Kessler is coming in. As much as I like Kessler, I don't think that does anything for this team right now. Obviously, Leonard Fournette is suspended for this game for throwing uh, punches at Shaq Lawson in the Buffalo Bills game last week. So we're going to see TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde. I personally would rather play TJ Yeldon. Love Carlos Hyde, former Buckeye, uh, but at times struggled with Cleveland. Uh, has already come into Jacksonville and complained about his lack of touches, uh, which I don't think is going to help him any. Uh, I just think TJ Yeldon uh, is the better receiving back. I know that Carlos Hyde got a lot of catches the past couple years in San Francisco, but that was more volume. His catch rate was very poor, uh, so I don't expect him to have a huge game here. I would lean more TJ Yeldon. For the wide receivers, I like Dede Westbrook, and he's the only one I would even think about playing here uh, with Kessler. But for me, he's like a, a low-end uh, I'd say he's like a high, maybe high-end wide receiver three flex play for me. Uh, I just don't trust him to have a huge game here. As Kessler does not throw deep. He is much of that guy who's like the short intermediate routes, which is why I like Westbrook. Uh, but I just don't think Westbrook is going to be able to take one of the house if he catches it, you know, six yards from the line of scrimmage. Uh, if they had, if the Jaguars had a decent tight end, that would be who I'd really advocate to play this week with Kessler going. Uh, but since they don't, Westbrook's kind of the guy. And I just don't trust the Jags really to be able to do anything in this matchup. I have the Colts winning the game. Next up, uh, the last early morning slate game, the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. So the Packers being given the or are 92% favorite to win this game, and they are being given 14 points. For the Cardinals, it's easy for me. David Johnson, that's it. Don't trust Josh Rosen. I don't trust Christian Kirk. And I don't trust Larry Fitzgerald, unfortunately. Uh, even though the Packers' defense has been very poor against the pass, uh, I just don't expect the Cardinals to be able to put up a lot of points here in Lambeau. I think Green Bay is going to come out pissed off and do everything they can to win this game. They know they need to win to stay in the playoff hunt and keep their season alive. Um, so again, David Johnson's really it. I just Josh Rosen has not looked good to me here as of late, so I would not trust him, and if you can't trust him, I don't think you can trust Larry Fitzgerald or Christian Kirk. 
For the Green Bay Packers, I think it's very simple as well. It's just Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. For me, uh, I have Devontae Adams as my number one wide receiver this week. Uh, I think for the most part, he's going to avoid Patrick Peterson. Uh, and I expect him to ball out yet again. Dude has been on fire. Should have had two touchdown, uh, two touchdowns last week. Aaron Rodgers just overthrew him in the end zone. Uh, Aaron Jones, a top 10 play. He's been awesome since getting the starting job. I think that continues as well. Uh, And obviously, I have the Packers winning this game. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders. Kansas City, the 83% chance to win this game, and they are 14-point favorites. For Kansas City, it's much like all the other best teams in the league, like the Los Angeles Rams, Saints, everything. You're starting your guys. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey. I almost said Kareem Hunt, guys. Um, Spencer Ware, if you're... If you're a Kareem Hunt owner and you're desperate, obviously I think you've got to start him. Uh, you know, with with Hunt being out, where has shown at times that he could be a viable uh, running back. If you added him and he's just for depth, I'd wait a week. Obviously, this is a great matchup for him. Oakland obviously is one of the worst teams in the league, uh, so I, so I could see him going off here. But I, I I really would love to see it first before I trusted it. So again, if you're a Hunt owner, plug him in there and hope for the best. He's obviously not going to do what Hunt did, but he'll likely have a decent game. If you've got him as a depth play, I would wait a week just to kind of see how often he's used or how what the split is between him and Damian Williams. For Oakland, it's nobody. End of story. Let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. Jared Cook, uh, for me, is the only player I think that is worthy starting. I wouldn't trust. Tr- don't start Martin, Richard. Uh, Washington, Derek Carr, unless you're just absolutely desperate. And I have the Raiders winning this game. No, the Chiefs. I mean, really, probably the easiest call of all time. But a lot of people said that about the Saints-Cowboys last night, and we saw how that worked out. Next up, we have the New York Jets and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans being given the 79% chance to win this game, and they are eight-point favorites for the Jets. We're not sure if Sam Darnold's going to play in this game. There's a chance that he could play. Uh, I believe last I looked, he was doubtful. Nope, never mind. He is questionable. I am looking at it right now. So there's a chance that he plays. I don't think that changes much of anything. I think um, for me, uh, I would honestly avoid all the Jets here too. Uh, You know, if Josh McCallum's in there, I could see. I like Chris Herndon at tight end. I think he's an upside play, Uh, but I just can't trust Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse. You know, I really don't trust anybody in this backfield between Elijah McGuire, Isaiah Crowell. I don't think either one of them is going to produce anything, especially because his Tennessee defense is actually pretty good. Um, Quincy and Nunwa, I think, has a chance to be a wide receiver three. Uh, either way, if Sam Darnold or Josh McCallum's in there, so he's someone I might throw in my flex spot um, if I need somebody who's got a little bit of upside. For the Titans, uh, Marcus Mariota, I don't think is a worthy play. I like Deion Lewis a little bit in this game. Not much, uh, but I do think he has a chance to be an RB3 or a flex play this week, especially because I do expect him to get uh, some a little bit more catches out of the backfield and be able to do something with it compared to last uh, Monday night against the Texans. Um, and Corey Davis, obviously, uh, he is by far their unquestioned number one. Uh, the Jets obviously have a really good secondary, so I don't expect Corey Davis to go off in this game, but I do expect him to have a good game. Uh, and I have the Titans winning this game. Next up, we've got the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. So Seattle, the 81% favorite to win this game, and they are being given 10 points for San Francisco. I don't know. Marquise Goodwin, out. Pierre Garçon, out. So, Nick Mullen starting, George Kittle, Matt Breida, that's it. Uh, and Kittle, I mean, you've got to start Kittle because of how bad the uh, the tight end position is. Uh, but I am a little worried about him having an elite day here. Uh, Matt Breida, a little banged up, but I expect him to be okay. Had a really good week last week, although going up against Seattle, I don't expect that. But I think he is a, a, an RB2 again this week. So, they're the only two for San Francisco I think are worth starting. For Seattle, Russell Wilson, obviously, easy start. Chris Carson, an easy start. Um, I do think that they're going to run the ball all over San Francisco here. Jimmy Ward um, got placed on injured reserve, so I do, do think that helps uh, 
the Seattle passing game here a little bit. And I like Tyler Lockett more than I do David Moore and Doug Baldwin, though I do think Doug Baldwin scores this week. Uh, so I do think he's worthy of a play if you've got him. Uh, I don't really trust David Moore this week. I, I really think it's going to come down to Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin in this one. And again, Chris Carson, I expect him to have a huge day against these 49ers. And I've got the Seahawks winning this game. The last afternoon slate game and probably one of the better games on the docket this weekend. The Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. New England, the 67% chance to win the game, and they're being given 5.5 points. For the Vikings, you're starting Kirk Cousins, you're starting Adam Thielen, and you're starting Dalvin Cook. Stephon Diggs is questionable here. I don't think that he plays. Uh, he was limited in practice yet again today. We got to watch it. Last time this happened with his rib injury, he sat that game. So I think there's a realistic shot he sits here. If he does, I do think that that lowers Adam Thielen's uh, value just a little bit. I think that frees up Stephon Gilmore to be on Adam Thielen more often. The matchup here would have been Stephon Gilmore on Stephon Diggs. Uh, which is why I think they might play Diggs as more of a decoy to get Gilmore off of Thielen and focus him more on Diggs, which I think will free up Thielen uh, and allow him to do some good here. But I think regardless, you've got to start him. He's a top three wide receiver on the year, guys. Um, Kirk, though, I do expect to have a decent game here. Not a huge game, but a decent game. Uh, and then, of course, I like Dalvin Cook as well for them. Vikings have to win this to continue in that postseason chase being a game behind the Chicago Bears. For New England, so the Vikings defense, not quite the studs that they were last year, but they um, are still looking good. They've been getting a little bit better every week. I think you've got to start Tom Brady. I like Sonia Michelle and James White in this one. And Julian Edelman, I don't like Gordon, and I kind of don't like Gronk either. I think that a lot of times he's going to have Harrison Smith either over him or covering him, and Harrison Smith is a boss. I expect him to not necessarily eliminate Gronk. Well, what am I talking about, guys? I'm sorry. I'm trying to break this down now. Think about it. You have to start Gronk because tight ends suck. But I don't expect Gronk to have a huge game here. So you've got to start him unless you've got you know George Kittle or Eric Ebron as well. In that case, sit Gronk. Play one of those guys. Uh, but I do think that Gronk has... Uh, uh, not a huge day here. I do think that he struggles a little bit here. Uh, and Julian Edelman is the only guy that I trust. I would not trust Gordon in this matchup. Even though they have tried to feature him as of late, uh, I just don't think that he's going to get it done. He's got a tough matchup here, as Xavier Rhodes is going to probably be on him more often than he is on Edelman, Edelman being in the slot. If, of course, Xavier Rhodes plays because, yeah, I forgot. He's got the hamstring injury. They're, they're saying it's not... Serious, he's not on the injury report, so chances are he's going to be fine. But if it flares up, that could help out Gordon, but I just wouldn't trust it. And I actually have the Minnesota Vikings winning this game. Then the last but not least, the Sunday night game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Should be a very good game here. Pittsburgh, 58% chance to win the game, and they are being given 3.5 points. All right, so for the Chargers here, Phillip Rivers, I think, is uh, is good to go. You, you've got to play him. Keenan Allen, I think, is going to have a good game here. And Mike Williams, yet again, I think, is going to have a big game. He called last week, had the two touchdowns. I think he is in for another good game here. Tyrell Williams still struggling with that quad injury. He is questionable. He'll play, uh, but I do think that's limiting him more than people really realize or kind of leading on to, especially him, him leading into how much it's bothering him. So so big, big boy Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are the plays for me. At running back, so you're going to have a split between Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. I don't think you can trust either one of these guys. Austin Eckler has been legit. He's been awesome since being in there. Um, he's always done a really good job filling in for Gordon and even playing really well when Gordon's been in there. My problem with this game is Pittsburgh is very good against the run. I imagine he's going to put up points in um, definitely working within the receiving game and getting points out of the backfield there. 
uh, obviously if you had him as sort of a handcuff for Melvin Gordon, I think you've got to play him in just hopes that he does something. Uh, and I could see him putting up, you know, close to 9 to 12 points, but I don't expect him to have a huge Melvin Gordon game here. Um, and really interested to see what Justin Jackson does. Really liked him coming out of Northwestern as a rookie. He was someone I thought could eat into Austin Eckler's role earlier in the season. Hasn't happened yet. Definitely interested to see what he does with Melvin Gordon kind of sideline for the next couple weeks because I liked him. Dude is, uh, you know, holds all kinds of records at Northwestern for his rushing and receiving and everything out of the backfield. So interested to see what he does. For Pittsburgh, Big Ben is a play. Uh, Antonio Brown, Juju, I think all have good games here. James Connor. I do think that he bounces back here. I think he gets you about 16 points this week. I do expect him to go over 100 yards and score. However, I am a little bit worried with the return of Joey Bosa. He's continued to look good every week since being back. Uh, and he could really put some pressure on this offense and kind of shut them down. Uh, but I expect this to be a high-scoring affair. And all these guys coming through for you in fantasy should be a great way uh, to finish out the Sunday slate here and... Uh, coming closer to closing out the regular season of the fantasy year. And I got the Chargers winning this game. So, that'll do it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Uh, Cannot wait for these games and to close out the regular season in 2018. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of good games on the docket this weekend. Please, if you guys have time, give us a rate and a review on iTunes or Spotify. Help us boost up those numbers if you guys wouldn't mind. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, I will be back again on Monday to recap all of the Sunday Slate games. Any news worth of talk, worthy talking about. And then, of course, we will preview the Monday Night Football game. Guys, Watch college football this weekend. If you're interested in dynasty prospects, a lot of great guys. Got Tyree Jackson, the quarterback, and Anthony Johnson going tonight for Buffalo. Ohio State, Paris Campbell, K.J. Hill going uh, against Northwestern. Their quarterback, Clayton Thorson, uh, another top quarterback prospect uh, in this one. In the Big 12 championship, a lot of really good players here. You've got... Um, Lil Jordan Humphrey, wide receiver for uh, Texas. Uh, I don't like him as much as I like Colin Johnson, who another really big, good wide receiver for Texas. And of course, you've got Marquise Hollywood Brown for Oklahoma, should be a top NFL and rookie pick as well. For Alabama, Georgia, you've got Dwayne Harris. You've got uh, the running back for uh, Alabama. You have a Elijah Holyfield for the Bulldogs. Uh, while he doesn't play as much, should be an interesting prospect if he does come out. You got Riley Ridley as well there. Should be just a really good weekend of college football. Watch that stuff on Saturday. Should be a lot of great games. And then, of course, enjoy the football games on Sunday as we close out the regular season for Week 13. Good luck to all of you. Hope you guys are able to pull off your wins. Hope the fantasy gods grant you Everything you need, your players going off every day to get you into the playoffs as we look to bring in home that elusive championship uh, and all of the quiche for this year. Until Monday, guys, I'll talk to you guys then. Have a great weekend. Peace. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone! Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!